You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to the PowerCat Podcast, GoPowerCat.com's Kansas State Athletics Show. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, from the GPC studios, here's your host, GoPowerCat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to the PowerCat Questions Podcast. Coming off Kansas State's win over Southern Illinois, it wasn't pretty, but it got the job done. Kind of like a date with Cole Carmody. Tim Fitzgerald... Zach Carlson, Ryan Gilbert, and Cole Midnight Carmody, meaning I'll have you home by midnight, and I'm not getting a kiss goodnight. I don't know why I'm ripping on Cole, but here we are. We're sponsored by The Fridge. Make sure you stop into The Fridge. I got in there and got my bottle of Wabash Reserve. Maybe we'll take shots of it during this podcast. I bought some, too, to ship federally illegally. Way to go. To a former employee. Uh, Katie. Katie, Katie. Uh, if anyone out there is a postmaster, keep an eye on Katie's mail. Uh, She may or may not be receiving uh, illegal substances through the mail. Well, the the substances itself aren't illegal, uh, but the mailing of said whatever I'm saying is said that illegal way, kind of. I got turned away at UPS today. (laughs) I said no. Okay, sir, what, what are you shipping here? Uh, seven pounds of cocaine. Okay, how much is that worth? Ten thousand dollars. Okay, that's probably worth more than that, by the way. Um, uh, we'll buy that insurance. Okay, what do you? What do you? Well, I've got like uh seven bags of THC gummies. Okay, that's good. That's good. That's fine. I shouldn't have been honest. That's that's what? my problem. No, I think it was just the liquor. I think they found out it was Wabash Reserve, and the UPS person said, "Rock chalk, you ain't mailing that with us." That's what I think. Where did you guys get the Wabash Reserve from? I got it at the Fridge Wholesale Liquor. Thank you for getting us back on track there. He may not be a good date, but he gets (laughs) us back on track. Cole Carmody. Uh, Man, our segment sponsors are Tanners and the High Low. Come on in. I think Aggieville was packed on Saturday night. Uh, Gills, do you remember if Aggieville was packed on Saturday night? I do. I mean, you were really worn out from all that hard work you put in. Yeah, it yeah. was very packed. Yeah, it was uh, It was good of you. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you uh, replied to me when I texted, hey, where's your story? At least you were functioning that far. Shout out to Michael Goins <laughs> for to, writing said story. Had to bring on a sub. Uh-huh. He's the backup. <laughs> yeah, that's what he is. Yep. Anyhow, I'm done busting on my staff. Zach, you, you did a good job on Saturday, man. Thank you. You did a lot of stuff. Appreciate it. Yeah. We're going to have a little staff meeting after this, maybe. I don't know. Oh, boy. Am I in trouble? Again. Uh, We're having admin issues over at GoPowerCat. They're doing a little tinkering around in there, and our photos aren't showing up right. And then, like, my column was all code earlier today. Like, all the coding showed up. Da Vinci Code? (laughs) No, that's a book by Tom Hanks. Jeez. (laughs) Golly. Oh, I'm in a mood. I'm just in a mood. Let's get on with your questions from Wabash Station. We're going to go to Shota Gilbert over there. (laughs) 
three feet off the floor with his seat on lowered, ready to ask the questions. You want me to get up a little bit? Uh, it's No, I don't want you to get up. I feel cozy down I, here. I, I hope you do. I'm not going to ask you to get it up. Get up. <laughs> From Ag Cat 2019, what is everyone's confidence level in the K-State defense coming into the matchup with Nevada? Hi. If Daniel Green's on the field, nobody's scoring this year. You're gonna you're gonna boost up your chair now. <laughs> I I don't think the defense played poorly. I don't know. They gave up one sustained drive to Nevada. I mean, seven points were a pick Southern six. Illinois. Oh, Southern yeah. Illinois. It my mind only works one direction. That's forward. I'm a forward thinking guy. Um they gave up a pick six, not the defensive issue. They had a drive start at what, the nine? I didn't think they really no. efforted too hard to you can't count that. stop them, but that doesn't hang on them. I mean, that's two two touchdowns. One, two. Yeah, that was two touchdowns. They gave up one long drive. And a field goal. And a field somewhere goal. There, yeah. But, you know. They, had, but they gave up nine points. Yeah. That, was, that was in the first half. And then Daniel Green stepped on the field, and the nonsense stopped. He's a star. I love that they kept him out of pads in the first half. Yeah. I thought that was odd. I didn't understand which what Coach Cly was trying to say there. Keep him cool. Like it was hot. They didn't want him suiting up in pads for the first half of he's completely useless so in let, pads. Let me ask you a question then. If he did no warm-ups and no preparation for the game, he just showed up at halftime, threw off the sweatsuit, put on his game clothes, and walked out there and kicked ass. What are we doing the first hour before the game starts? Why are we messing around? Let's just show up on Saturday at 1 o'clock. The players will get out of their cars at 1245, walk in the locker room, put their fancy pants on, and go out there and kick some wolf pack ass. I mean, you make a good point because I remember seeing him, you know, in pregame and he was, you know, wearing a shirt and gym shorts. He had the number 22 on. And I was like, who's like, I didn't even think of it at the time. I'm like, who's that guy? And I'm like, 22, he's got to be good. Sure enough, you idiot. That's Daniel Green. Yeah. But yeah, I, I don't, think, I don't know how much he warmed up. Well, that's, I was, I was one. It, it almost makes you think that if K-State was comfortably ahead, they weren't going to play him just in general. Could have been. Yeah. Which. You know, we, they've talked about wanting to get a lot of different guys in into the game. And so I, I wouldn't have been surprised if K-State, you know, you take out all the shenanigans that happened in the first half. K-State looked like they were going to comfortably be in the lead at halftime. It wouldn't have shocked me to not see Daniel Green, but thank goodness they decided to play him because he was a difference maker in the second he's, half. He's really good, man. He really is. And not only is he good, I'm just going to say it, the drop-off after him is noticeable. I mean... I've said it from the start of the season. They're not deep at linebacker, and I'm worried about it. I'm ready to see Khalid Duke play some linebacker. Can we find a way to get him on the field? He played a lot of linebacker on Saturday. Well, they had him at DN, but, mm -hmm. you know, when, when they go with two D tackles and, and Udiki, you, you that's it. I mean, that's working, but you're also your best speed rush guy is standing over there next to the coaches. I don't know. I don't even know what question we're asking anymore. Anyhow, Gills, um, he brought up the word shenanigans. Now, let me ask you a question. Since you're an expert on bars, you've done a lot of study in the area, and now you work at a bar. I can't name the name of the bar because they are not a sponsor of this show, but they do serve tacos. So, um, no, and Taco Bell does not have a bar now. Uh, <laughs> is shenanigans the greatest name or the worst name for an Irish bar, or is it just cliche 
I don't know. Okay, let's move on to the next question. <laughs> my God, I, these guys can't keep up with my mind. I'm on my third five-hour energy in the last five hours. I don't know. In the last, oh, my God, eight hours. I'm going to have a heart attack. Let's get this over with before I die. I can get you a shit nanner shot. Well, well, I don't even want to know what that is. Do we have to bleep that out? What What would you say? Shit nanner. It's banana liqueur. Vanilla liqueur, lemonade, and grenadine. Yeah, I don't. Does I, not I think I, we probably should bleep that out. But I mean, people are going to want to order it, and they need to know the name. Well, sounds like a Taco disgusting act. Oh, it's really good. It's really good. I promise. Uh, okay, is it is it better than the banana hammock? Damn it! That's would, a whole. That's a. That's a drink. Hard. I was going to have you make a. Zach's like, what are we talking about? I was going to have you make a banana hammock on Friday when yeah, I saw you. I forgot you to, to come in. Again. Hey, why don't you read one of those questions now? <laughs> My God, I'm a mess. <laughs> From El Camino, Cat, what does K-State need to do to get Deuce Vaughn more involved in the passing game? Pass to more wide receivers. <laughs> yeah. um, I think it's just something they're holding back a little bit right now. I mean, they called a pass. I They called the pass that I absolutely hate when the running back is running away from the quarterback towards the sideline. It's a low percentage pass for swing me. Swing route? Wasn't even a swing route. He's just running out. I mean, he was covered. And he was, you're not going to pick up yardage with it unless he's wide open. But if he has to look back, like towards the line of scrimmage, that back, you know, towards the direction you're coming from, it's a useless pass. I don't, I hate that play. I mean, Snyder ran him too. He was targeted six times in the game. And he missed four of them. I don't want to say he missed four of them, but he did not catch four of them. Because, yeah. quite frankly, he didn't have the chance to catch all four of them. But they need to mix it up to make him a threat in the passing game. And that means throwing it to the other wide receivers so it's less predictable. Because I think that right now, when you're throwing to your running back six times a game and you're throwing, was it 21 passes? A third of your passes went to Deuce Vaughn? That's just... It's predictable. I'm okay with it if you line him up at receiver. I really am. I think he could be an absolute mismatch. I mean, think back to the Texas Tech game last year when he was one-on-one with the Texas Tech linebacker and Will Howard just threw him a little arrow route and he ran for 70 yards for a touchdown. He is matched up with the linebacker practically every single time he gets into the slot. And they really have not run very many pass plays with him lined up in the slot. But... One thing I do want to mention is Jacardier Wright ran the ball extremely well on really Saturday. Well. I'm blown away by his stats. He had three carries for 24 yards, but one of them lost like four yards. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, so, I mean, his other brushes are like 14 yards apiece. These are the best three running backs K-State has had with Kleiman, I think by far. And oh, I don't know about that. Really? Yeah. You, you think, think they're, the they're first not as year good as 2019? With Gilbert. Yeah, I think Gilbert, Gilbert. Brown, I think Gilbert was pretty damn good. I mean, he didn't have the breakaway speed. And he, he wasn't Deuce Vaughn, don't you? But I think he'd be in the mix. They're all very talented. The, the point is you can line – you can have Irvin or Wright in the backfield with Vaughn lined up as a slot receiver. Just get playmakers on the field. Just yeah. get playmakers on the field. Which gets to this point, and as I wander off, we're not even answering a question right now. The first time they put the three-man backfield – out there, the three back formation, the diamond. Jax Deneen was out there. And you've got Jax, Irvin, and Deuce. Now, I like me some Jax once in a while, but they handed it to him and threw it to him. So, with all the playmakers you have, let me find the stats here. Um, 
Oh, it's in the back of this. I hate two-sided printing. Zach, could you do something about that? I know it's good for the... I can't. It's good for the environment, but um, it. I, don't, I just don't like it. K-State ran 70 plays in the game, which is a lot more than they ran yeah. against Stanford. But two of them were to Jack Stanine. When you're trying to get touches for... On your, the same drive, right? Yeah, touches for your running backs, your tight ends, your receivers, maybe quarterback. Tight carry. ends had zero targets yeah. and zero receptions. I don't know. I'm a little frustrated by the offense, um, but I don't know if it's play calling everyone wants to jump on Messingham or if it's just what's being put on the field, how the plays are being um, operated by the quarterbacks. I'm not sure, but I was displeased with some of it. I thought the second half was actually all right. They decided to be something, to define themselves as a running team in the second half, and they got it done. Go ahead, Sparky. (laughs) From Jedediah, in what ways must K-State improve offensively this week if they are to win against Nevada? Going to have to be more diverse, more explosive, more... Again, have an identity. Figure out what you want to be and do that. I don't feel like things are leading to anything right now. And when he's at his best, Messingham does build things up to make things effective later, but I'm not seeing that this year. Run this play, run that play. Look, if I felt like the Jackson play calls were something that was put out there early to get the defense's attention and, you know, a little eye candy, and then we're going to use that to build off it, but it wasn't. That was the last time we saw him as a, as a weapon. He was on the field a little bit as a fullback or a tight end or whatever, an H-back. But then they put Jacardia back there, who should have been back there. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't get it. And by the way, Jacksonine, you're you're probably wanting an NIL agreement with uh, Weight Watchers because you have done a good job. He has trimmed down. He has. He looks good. He looks he looks like a football player instead of a the chubby kid that got a uniform. I think you know we kind of give. Jack, we give Jacksonine a lot of a lot of stuff. We give him the business sometimes, but I mean, in high school he was running back. So oh, he's athletic. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I, I, I but as far as ball carriers, he's definitely probably six or seven of who I would want lined right. up in the backfield. Right. I although I do like him in that formation as a blocker. I really, if you're going to have him back there, he needs to be the lead blocker, I think. Well, there there needs to be a purpose for him to be back there that doesn't include him touching the ball. And I asked Deuce Vaughn about this. Is there a lot more you can do with this? I know the answer. And he said, yeah, we can throw out of it. We can do motion out of it. We can do a bunch of things. I'm like, you know, that's really good to know. That's good information. But if you're playing for Coach Snyder, either you fumbling last game or you telling me that after the game, you would never see the field again. What happened to Deuce Vaughn? Coach stopped playing him. He told out, handed out game plans. I couldn't believe he said it. Yo, yo, we can do this, we can do that. I'm like, okay, Deuce. I'm not used to hearing this. Usually I ask questions and I get something vague that doesn't mean anything. As far as how else K-State can improve offensively, I know that they love rotating receivers, but there's some guys that right now probably don't need to be in the receiver rotation. And I don't know if it's because they can't get open as much, but I just think you're seeing major separation with Phillip Brooks, Malik Knowles, and Landry Weber compared to everybody else right now. And I know that Landry Weber only has one catch. Another guy I would like to see in a little bit more is Tyrone Howell. Um, but there's no reason until Chabaston Taylor shows that he can get open and he can be quick on his surgically repaired knee, there's no point in playing him. I agree. Same thing with Cade Warner. I've yet to see Cade Warner 
ever get open or even have the quarterback look in his direction. So why are you putting players in in a position for them not to be successful? Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that at all. I, I, I think they almost rotate too much for me. Now, I think that on defense more than offense. I know this question is about the offense, but there was a time in the game where they did basically a line change and they took everyone off and Mm -hmm. ran everyone on. And I'm watching these linemen run onto the field, sprint onto the field to get into position, and I'm thinking, they're linemen. Now they're tired. The guys that you just pulled off are probably more fresh for this snap than those guys. I just thought it was weird. I think they do shuffle. I appreciate that they want to get a lot of people involved, that they want to be fresh at the end of the game. But I also think you're not letting guys get a rhythm. And on offense, it's probably more important than defense. Let guys stay out there and get a rhythm and start to get a feel for the game. From Get Out More Cat with the report that Skyler should recover and play again, do you think that takes pressure off Will Howard and the rest of the team in the sense that this season won't be like last season? No, no, I don't. I don't think anyone in that locker room feels like it was going to be like last season. It wasn't Will Howard's fault last season. Everyone loves to give quarterbacks all the credit and all the all the uh, blame for stuff. Will Howard had no weapons. By the time the season wore on, Briley Moore was hurt. Malik Knowles was absent. Sammy Wheeler was gone. Joe Irvin wasn't on the roster. And everyone in America knew Deuce Vaughn was good. Think about it. He was good when Briley was healthy. And Deuce was more of an unknown commodity. And we hadn't shown much for teams to prepare on. I think you throw into the factor that Malik Knowles was a non-factor in the offense as well. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, was he great? Was he bad? Yeah, he wasn't an effective quarterback, but I'm not sure anyone would have made a difference. What do you you want Skyler to come in? Who's he going to throw the ball to? Nobody's nobody was playing well by the end of the year. So, I don't think anyone in that locker room's afraid of a replication of what happened last year. And I don't think that it impacts Will in any way. I mean, he's not going into this game thinking, I got Nevada, probably have Oklahoma State, maybe I've got Oklahoma, but, oh, boy, I don't have to play after that. No, he's preparing to play the whole season if he has to. I think Will Howard's going to be fine. I think he's going to be fine, and think about the flip side. What if Will has a really good game against Nevada, goes down to Oklahoma State, plays well, you hit OU, let's say – Maybe KCA doesn't win, but he plays well enough to put them in a position to win. You go on the bye week. Do you really take Skyler and put him in and take Will out if Will's found a rhythm? I don't know if you do. I'd agree. I, I, I am so excited to see Will Howard play because we saw glimpses. And, and people want to go back and look at the negatives, and rightfully so. Will Howard did not play the game. He played a very good game. He even said so that he can play better. Everybody acknowledges that. But the high point for Will Howard on Saturday was higher than any point we saw him last year. Any point at all. That is the Will Howard that I believe the coaches see every single day in practice. It's impossible. It's literally impossible to have confidence in yourself when you have – we talked about this before the show. You have a student section chanting for your backup who hasn't played in two years. You have – you're getting booed when you you have a bad drive. Like – how does that go into the psyche of a 19-year-old? What's going head? on? Right? I, it's I just don't remember fans being this bad. This impatient. Impatient's a perfect word. Just like we want miracles right now. This kid was thrust into a game in the first quarter. 
came in. He made some bad choices where to throw the ball. But the first turnover was his star running back fumbling. Is that his fault? No, it's not his fault unless he did a bad handoff, but that's not what happened. His Deuce Vaughn made a mistake. We don't see it very often, but he coughed the ball up. Okay. Then he got then he fumbled. Was that his fault? Well, he looked scared. Yeah, he had a nose tackle in front of his face before he could even get the snap from below his waist up to secure it. He was getting hit. So yeah, he fumbled, but Noah Johnson whiffed on a block where you absolutely can't whiff. So it was a collective team crapping in the first half. And I will I will even go as far to say on the pick six, you know, <laughs> interceptions happen, right? I, I really think Skylar Thompson's interception was worse than Will Howard's oh, I interception. Mm-hmm. I mean, at least with Will Howard's interception, there was an attempt to try and catch the ball by the receiver. You, you can't say that with Skylar's interception. And, you know, I, I broke it down in the piece we did for the website, and he tried to guide it. On the interception, he tried to guide it, which comes from a little bit of hesitation of I haven't been playing, so I can't necessarily say this is the window that I think I can fit it in. I think you give him a week of practice, and his game will look completely different. I think we'll really see the real Will Howard, which we saw on the first drive, the first full drive he was in, and the last full drive he was in where they went down and scored a touchdown. I really think that that's the Will Howard you'll see. Yeah, and like I said in my post on the message board hear me out a lot of the fans i think they were so frustrated by giving up 21 points in two minutes oh who threw the last one and what was it oh it was a pick six by will howard let's pick on that guy and hey we've got this other quarterback that had however many stars from 24 7 and whoever else let's put him in yeah, why not who, who cares how much football he's played in the last 24 months let's go with that guy yeah, it's just it's ridiculous. I'd love to hear the fans chanting Will Howard's name on the first snap of K State's offense. Give the kid some confidence. I mean, it was can you imagine being your first game in front of a full crowd and they're booing you, and you're an eighteen, nineteen year old kid. I mean, crazy. I don't get it. From Cliff Claven seven five four. What are the updated total win projections for this squad given Skylar Thompson's injury status? They're 2 and 0. They're I think it's unchanged. It's unchanged. Yeah, I agree. Uh, no. I think it's d- hypothetical for us. Yeah, my set. my optimism was rooted greatly in Skylar. But I never said Skylar Thompson was an unflappable, unbeatable quarterback. We know the history of this. He's now had played two games, parts of two games and had two Pretty bad interceptions. I mean, you know, doing things you shouldn't do early in games with a pick. What Skyler brings is leadership, and you can just talk to the players and coaches and how much they believe in his leadership. I, I don't think anyone's like, you know, we've got a Heisman Trophy candidate here that does miracles. He's just a, he's a, a good leader that brings guys together. He's still around. Uh, so I, I think they're going to be okay. I'm not... Just, let's see what happens on Saturday, okay? Let's Before we all sink this ship, let's understand that I had this team at 4-2 and two after six games. And I don't see anything here that's making me get off of that judgment because, honestly, I thought with Skyler they were going to lose two of the Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, and Iowa State games with Skyler. 
So if they can still win one of those, but the key, as I said, let's see what happens on Saturday. If they win that game, they're still on course. This is a pretty good Nevada team. The defense is going to have to be good. The defense is going to have to do lynch mob things. What do I mean by that? The mob mentality is taking matters into your own hands. The old West, we're going to, the law ain't doing it. We got this. And that's the law in this case is the offense. We got this. We're going to win this game. That's where the mob mentality came from. It was never anything that anyone wants to project on it other than you're having a bad game. Don't worry, offense. We got it. I think that's what's going to happen, quite honestly. I've watched a little bit of Nevada, and their offensive line is probably the weakest spot uh, as far as the offense goes. And what's K-State's biggest strength on defense? Well, it's the defensive line. Right. So – you're going to be able to exploit that. And they're going to have passing plays where they get out of Strong's hands quick and they're going to try and up, you know, try and go fast. And they're going to want to score as fast as possible because they want K-State's offense to be on the field. That's what they're going to try and do. But I, I think if K-State can continue to get pressure on the quarterback like they've like we've seen them do the last two games, they're going to be fine against this Nevada offense. It's it's like the old saying, you know, you can have one amazing or two amazing players, but the you're you're only judged by your 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 last guy. And I think that's kind of the situation with Nevada. Not saying they're not a good team, but K-State needs to be able to exploit their last guy. See on the other side of that, Nevada's the team, maybe the game that we've talked about preseason, hey, you might lose this one. They're a good team. And even mm-hmm. with the four and two projection, that could include a loss to Nevada. You know, so you don't want to lose this game. But even if they lose this game, it's not like I'm losing hope because it's a complete realistic thing to happen. Right. Right. And and keep in mind, if I'm saying eight and four, that sounds incredible. I mean, that sounds like a pretty good season for coming off what happened last year. We'll take it, right? But I'm also saying they're not only going to go four and two in the first half of the season. Obviously, they're going four and two in the second half of the season, which is a lot more manageable than the front half. So even if they go three and three, they have an opportunity to go five and one in the back half, which I truly believe. They just have to show more consistency, whether it's offense, defense, or I asked Climate today about special teams. Special teams aren't – I loved his answer. It's a great answer. Climbing gives me some really good answers. We're not getting enough return on our investment right now because we practice it as much as anyone in the country. I, I really appreciated that. It, it told the people out there that it's not that we're de-emphasizing special teams. They're not. He knows that's the secret sauce at Kansas State, and I appreciate that. But they're not getting enough out of it right now. They could be, if only a few, uh, you know, penalties on those returns against right. Stanford, and they this would be a different story. Right, and both of them, um, I don't think really impacted the play. I don't think they, the hold or a block in the back were, you know, paramount in the the punt return by Phillip getting broken, and he got into the open space pretty much before that happened. So I think once the newness wears off, because this week is when it starts. The newness will have worn off. You got your first game out of the way. Everybody talked about Stanford. It's in Dallas. It's unique. Then you come back for the home opener. Everybody's there. That's your game where everything's new still. The newness has worn off. Now the grind of a football season begins, and it begins with a really good Nevada team. This team is either going to be extremely well-coached and well-prepared, or they're going to come out and they're going to look like they did in the the third quarter 
there, you know, on offense or the, the end of the second quarter on offense against Nevada. So there's really two ways this can go. And either way, though, I, I think we're going to have a really good football game on Saturday. I'm looking forward to it. From Ricky Ticky Tavi, this is the last question of the first half. Did Kleiman set Howard up for failure in the eyes of fans with the statements he made, i.e. best backup in the nation? Ah, let's not overparse this. I mean, the coach was speaking confidence into the ear of a young quarterback. Did it play out that way? No. Is he going to say, well, I was wrong about that. Boy, that kid sucked. No. No. I had so many people in my mentions on Twitter, like, will you please ask Snyder climbing about saying that about Will Howard and what's he think now? Well, you got you got exactly someone was I'll say someone was dumb enough to ask it, and he got the answer that I knew he would get. You don't ask that question after a game. Again, I said this in the walk and talk. You don't ask questions to make you a badass journalist. You ask good questions to get informative answers enlightening answers. That's what we're trying to do. So many people think journalism is about conflict. Got to ask a hard question. Sometimes you do. Sometimes they need to be asked, but I mean, that that was going to go nowhere. And it went nowhere on Tuesday too, when other people tried to push on that topic. What do you expect a head coach to say? What would you want your boss to say after you screwed up? Well, the guy's a total failure. (laughs) No, you you prop them back up. You'd let them know what needs to be corrected and you move on and you don't revisit it. You don't constantly remind the failure. You don't bring it up and that almost makes it worse. So yeah, climate believes in Will Howard. Does he believe in Will Howard as much as he says publicly? Probably not. But he's going to say that publicly because Will Howard hears that. I, I almost think he does. I almost think he does believe him. I, I almost think he does believe in him as much. There's no way after what he saw Saturday he can. <laughs> See, I think the statement is only valid in Chris Kleiman's eyes when Skyler's healthy. Because they keep talking about, oh, we've got big plans for Will Howard, mm-hmm. and sure. and there's nothing, you know, or well, nothing in the in the terms of he's playing only because Skyler is injured and he cannot play. Right. Um, so when you say best backup in the country, I think they mean best backup yeah. in the country, not hey, you're the starter now, bud. So, and now that he's the starter because the number one guy's injured. A lot of those plans go out the window. If you were going to lean on Will Howard in the run game, he tried to run a little bit. He didn't look that great, honestly. You can't run him as much right now. We'll get into that. In uh, you half. just can't get into it as much. I was more intrigued by his comments about Jaron Lewis. I'm kind of fired up. I want to see him on the field. Maybe we will. Zach's not touching it. That's it for the first half of the Powercat Questions podcast, sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. Is Jaron Lewis now the best backup in the country? Is that how that works? We should ask Kleiman in a press conference. Okay. <laughs> we'll leave that to someone else. GoPowerCat.com's Powercat podcast continues after this short break.
Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Welcome back to the Power Cat Podcast. Now, let's return to the GPC Studios. Welcome back to the Power Cat Questions Podcast. Here from the GPC Studios, which in reality is my basement. But it is a studio. We got If you got foam on the wall, it's got to be a studio. Plus, it's a little warm. Is it warm in here? A little bit. Uh, we got the fan running, which you can hear. There it is. Um, but we're having, we're having AC problems. They can't fix it, Zach. Do you know you know anything about AC repair? I don't. If you did, you'd I be know, making more money. I know that my last name says I should be able to. Carlson. I thought it's not Hamilton, though. Carlson Heating and Air, I think. Is there in town? Right? I think so, yeah. No, I don't know. It's a, it's a place. <laughs> you got that, Gil? Yeah, I did. That was pretty good over there. Remember 913. <laughs> that was, yeah, we're sponsored by the fridge. They can't fix your AC, but they can fix your problems. Shall I? Well, I've got one more thing to say. Oh, uh, yeah. And make sure you stop in to our segment sponsors, Tanners and the High Low. Here's Ryan Gills Gilbert. First question of the second half comes from Wildcat Pilot 88. How risky? Oh. That, was a, that was a play. <laughs> <laughs> that was something else. Check your pants. <laughs> was that you, dude? Dude's blaming on the dog. Yep. Anyways, how risky are designed QB runs for QB2 when QB1 is hurt? Ah, oh, that's a lot of numbers. It's They'll still do it. But, yeah, he's right. No wonder you were trying to get me to shut up. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think it does take Will Howard out of the run game a little bit. I think you pretty much now he's going to run the ball when he has to or at the goal line or something surprising. I mean, they they would always pull it out like in the fourth quarter. We saw Skyler do it against uh, Oklahoma. Who was it? He broke a long run. And then a home game two years ago, maybe? I don't TCU. Know. TCU. But they'll, they'll still do it, but they're going to be more reluctant. I think we'll see the three-back set to try to alleviate some line. of that pressure. Yeah. yeah, I think Will Howard will do the running that Skyler did in the first you know, game and quarter that he played in. He'll take a QB sneak near the goal line, and that's pretty much about what Skyler was doing. I'm guessing Will probably maybe do a little bit more, but... It's generally going to be, hey, we got to protect this guy, and we can't just expose him like we did with Colin Klein ten years ago. Same percentage as far as Skyler Thompson would run is how I would I would look at it. But I do want to say this, guys. Did you notice as soon as Will Howard came in, they ran a quarterback power, like it was the first play Will Howard was in when he was in on the goal line. They snapped it to him. They ran power. 
and they didn't end up getting anything. No, they that's that's a common call. I mean, I knew what they were going to run because you want to put the guy in there. You don't want him to throw it on the first play. But they had not run that with Thompson. Right. So that, to and, me, confirms and, the theory that yeah, that true. was probably going to be Will Howard's role. And plus you get him hit. It wakes him up. You're right. in the game now. And I don't know if I would have called that in that situation, though. Either way, I don't think that. I think that the design quarterback runs for Will are going to be ones that he's not going to get hurt on. They're going to be read option to where the only time you're getting hit is if you choose to get hit or there's a really bad block. Other than that, I don't think they're going to run a lot of plays to put him in harm's way. We'll put it that way. Speaking of hurt, Jake, Ru- Jake Rubley. <laughs> yeah, how about that? Jake Rubley's he's hurt. banged up. He hasn't been practicing. So, crowd, you were not yelling <laughs> Put in Jake Rubley, you're yelling, put in the injured guy, which doesn't roll off the tongue at all. It's not a good chant. Don't do that. But, yeah, I mean, that's why, honestly, the most surprising thing said in all of this, we will go to practice and evaluate who's the number three, which in reality is the number four. And Jake Rubley wasn't immediately that. Which might indicate that the injury is a little more than what Kleiman was mentioning. From KSU vet alum, and I don't remember ever saying this name on the podcast. So yeah, I don't. Shall we I, give him I, a welcome? I made that note. I don't remember it. I'm sure he has. I'm surprised you were able to see vet alum from that because I was going to save a talum. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's all just it's all caps. That means you need to start taking over questions if you're going to mess uh, up a name. Maybe yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I've read, I've read it before, but not like you did. <laughs> Any whom, if Will Howard gets hurt or struggles enough, who is the next man up, Lewis or a true freshman? Lewis. Mm-hmm. Isn't yeah. that set in stone? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and there's no doubt about it. He he said that on Monday's call. Uh, if I'm unless I'm missing something here, Max Marsh, a walk on correct is the only other quarterback on the roster. I believe that that is true. Who would be and, Ryan Hennington would super probably emergency. Be super Ryan emergency. Hennington is the Cody Cook of the team, probably. Yeah, probably. They're going to bring Fitz down from the from the press box. Yeah, that that's no, a, it's Kellis. It's that's right. It's Kellis. Kellis is the other quarterback. I'm the I'm the left tackle. Yeah, I'm actually go watch Lewis and warmups on Saturday, and you're going to see some throws. You're like, what? What? I'm very intrigued by him. They keep saying consistency, consistency. Well, if you never play him, I love that. I love when coaches say this. The biggest gap between this quarterback and that quarterback is playing time. Well, who decided that? It's not like Will Howard just ran onto the field and it was supposed to be Jaron Lewis playing. I mean, you haven't put him in. You have found zero minutes for him in the first two years of his career. So I'm I'm intrigued. Watch him in warm up. He made a throw in warm-up. I was like, oh, he he really overthrew that. He threw a laser down on a sideline route that just landed in the guy's hands in the end zone. I was like, oh. Is it kind of crazy that he did not play at all last year? It is very crazy to me. I still like looking back, I can't around. believe that even in, some in the of those, struggles, in some of they didn't games, just throw him out there. Just like what K-State fans wanted them to do with Jake Rubley this weekend. Well, Why didn't they give a series to Jaron Lewis last year? Because they gave oh. it to Nick Ost. Or it's a short answer. Yeah. Wait. Or, was he still on the team then? Mm-hmm. Yep. Jeez. Uh, like Iowa State, they played Nick Austin instead of Jaron Lewis. Right. You know, yeah. just just huh. let him play when you're down twenty some points in the fourth quarter. You know, at which they were unfortunately. Just let him play, but they didn't. So okay. 
from Darren Sproul's superfan, Will Howard reminds me of Joe Hubner. Great kid, bazooka for an arm, but may not be the guy. Am I missing something? Uh, Will Howard didn't come into the press conference room with a big smirk on his face like he just got the starting job from a fluke injury. Yeah, that was a... If you want to know where where Joe went sideways immediately with the media, he was the happiest guy in the world when he walked in the media room after the Jesse Ertz injury. It was It was disturbing. No, Will's more talented than Joe. Will understands the game more than Joe. Joe was a freak athlete, but as a quarterback, I'm going to take Will Howard every day. Now, if I'm putting together a rec basketball team, I'd probably take Joe. Joe's, Joe's a big dude. 6'5". Yeah, I mean, uh, so I don't think that's a fair comparison. For one, we didn't see Joe Hubner play until he was a junior or senior and he didn't even last the whole season. Junior. Yeah, he got hurt a little bit. But. 2014, he played seven games. 2015, he played 13. And 2016, he played six. Oh, so he did play some sophomore. Okay, I was wrong. Well, let, let's let this play out a little bit. I uh, Maybe it'll turn out that way. Maybe. But I, these guys aren't saying Will Howard's good in practice and looks great just to, totally to make him feel good. There's something there. Because people that have gone to practice have told me, holy cow, Will Howard's a different guy. So it's not just one coach or one source or one other player. I'm hearing it from a lot of people. So I'm anxious to see what he does on Saturday. The way that Will Howard throws the football, I don't know if you guys notice this, the velocity that the football comes out of his hand, it's incredible. Like even during warm-ups, you watch him compared to Skyler, and the ball is flying out of Will Howard's hands. Which is part of the reason he threw the interception, right? He was trying to guide it into the receiver's hands, and he just didn't throw it very well. I mean, yes, I see where the comparisons are. But I just think Will Howard is – he is a better athlete than Huebner was. And I think he's also – I think he's more of – he's more physically – he's more physically gifted. He's more – he's 240, right? He's a better runner. Yeah. He's a better passer. Will Howard is one of the better quarterbacks to have started a game. I would put him above Alex Delton. I'd put him above Cody Cook, Joe Hubner, those three guys that have started football games for K-State since 2014. He's he's up there. He's a guy, and he's going to just keep getting better, you know, once the job becomes his in the future. Because that's where that's where we're headed, you know. Once Skyler leaves, so I think this the, the comparison of Joe Hubner and Will Howard is just. I get the situational, situationally. Yes, I understand. Situation, please. Situ. I understand the sig here. <laughs> but no, it's they're two different different guys. Will Will Howard is head and shoulders, waist and knees above Joe Hubner, and people don't. People still, I think, even if Will Howard goes out and beats Nevada, he beat, say he doesn't play extremely well. They goes, but they go out and they beat Nevada. I still think there's going to be some people, you know, counting down the the weeks until Skylar Thompson comes back. Which I think, if you're doing that as a fan, you have the wrong mindset. I mean, you have got to put your support into the guys that are on the field. Will Howard. He would he, he he would probably wish that Skylar Thompson was still playing because that is how the season was supposed to go. But guess what? We are where we are, and Will Howard is now the quarterback. And as fans, you just you have to support that because 
there's nobody else that's going to come in and take his job. I'm sorry, but it's not going to happen. We can sit here and talk about Jaron Lewis all we want, but he's the backup quarterback. He's not going to come in. If he was going to come in and take Will Howard's spot, he would have already done it by now. He's had two years to do that, and he hasn't done it. I'm not saying it can't happen, but this year, it's not going to. So put your support into Will Howard. I'll make the prediction now. Will Howard's going to beat OU and going into the bye week. Skyler comes back healthy, and there's a quandary. Oh, hmm. There's going to be a decision that's going to have to be made on who the quarterback really is. But in fairness, Will Howard will have one win over OU, and Skyler will have two. <laughs> so Recency <laughs> bias. Hmm. But you can't do that to Skyler. You know, he came back for this year, no, and you, this was supposed they, to be they his won't. team. Uh, yeah. They won't. That'd be worse than... Then getting a season and an in- in- blah, 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 injury. That that was would good. Be getting benched. And I liked the middle part. That was good. Thank you. Zach, do you think that three years from now, Will Howard is better than Joe Hubner and Alex Dalton or right now? Will Howard. Right now. Really? Yes. I don't know. Good sir. I do not agree. Hundred percent. Will Howard has not if you gave me two separate squads. I know we, we bash him a lot, but he has not played well. Because he hasn't had the tools around him. Like we you, said last you year, you cannot okay. count last year. You just can't. I, and people are going to get mad. So we're going to say you can't two and count and a half quarters year. of what we saw on Saturday. No, no, that's what that's what we're saying. That's all the sample size we have. Then, if we're not going to count last year, you can't put last year's failure on him. Okay, we're not. Yeah. Then we're basing this off of two and a half crappy quarters of football that he had. I wouldn't say all of I last year it was wasn't a failure. Yeah, before the KU game. Everything fell off after the KU game last yeah. year for K-State, but that was not Will Howard. That was K-State football. Hmm. No, I don't if disagree you put, with what you're saying. We haven't seen the upside of Will Howard that the coaches yeah. are talking about. That's what I'm We've saying. seen him play well at times. He had a couple nights throughout Saturday. Sure. But we want to see a consistent uh, four quarters of leadership, playmaking, decision-making that matches up with the rhetoric we're hearing. I understand exactly what you're saying. But you can take Joe Hubner if you so want him. Yes. At this point in time, I would take Joe Hubner over a second year in the program, Will Howard. Okay. Man. Because then you get into. I'm not trying to bash Will Howard at all. But I'm clear. just. We can go down wormholes like 2016, just. Uh, excuse me, 2017, Jesse Ertz goes out. You've got Alex Delton, Skylar Thompson. You throw Skylar Thompson in, he makes a great. You know, he comes in at Texas Tech and plays a great game, wins in overtime. You know, that's mm-hmm. about the level of what Will Howard kind of is. Are you gonna let are you gonna go with that? Or are you gonna go with, you know, somebody, you know, just just a literal backup who's just a placeholder and not a guy that can make plays, be a playmaker, and be someone that you can count on in the future. Yeah. We'll find out. Another question from Darren Sproul's super fan is the fact is the fact ESPN keeps putting Oklahoma State and K-State on ESPN Plus a sign that ESPN sees us as second tier? Um, no. I mean, watch my daily delivery. This question might have been from before the DD posting where I talk about it. I don't think there's anything really conspiracy-wise with this particular game. I just think it's how the draft picks went. You know, they get a pick, you get a pick, they get a pick, and somehow K-State, Oklahoma State ended up on ESPN+. Plus. I'm upset it's the third straight week. But since I put that up, people have posted, I'm betting K-State has about as many subscribers on ESPN+, Plus as any of the other eight teams that use it now. 
and that might be playing a role. Oddly, the loyalty K-State fans have for their teams and using ESPN Plus as an outlet might be keeping them off ESPN channels and thus away from the ratings because ESPN can see the loyalty that might translate to good ratings in the right game. I don't know. I, I'm just – I want to see how this plays out. I I don't think – well, they're obviously not for the next two games going to do it. They're, I mean, they're not going to put Oklahoma or Iowa State on plus. But after that, let's see what the second half of the season, what they do. I don't trust ESPN. I don't think in this case there was anything to this, but I don't trust them. I find them to always be thinking about uh, not even thinking about what's best for programming. I, I think they are so busy moving pieces around their imaginary chessboard that they lose sight of just putting good games on for people to enjoy or putting good shows on for people to enjoy. No, we've got to have conflict on all these shows. We've got to manufacture conflict. We've got to manufacture, you know, Opinions, and we're going to say this and that. I, I think they overmanage everything at ESPN, and I think they don't do it ethically. So I don't trust them at all. I mean, I don't think this game would have been on ESPN Plus if the KU and Duke game wasn't on the ACC network. Right. That's just an ACC game. Right. I I, I don't think in this case that being on ESPN Plus is a, a, a downgrade, I guess you could say. I don't think ESPN looked and said, oh, we're going to put K-State and Oklahoma State on ESPN Plus and show them. I don't think that's what happened. Well, I just think it just kind of – it was just the luck of the draw. And that's – again, this is me who knows nothing about you know contract negotiations and everything that goes on at the ESPN corporate office. And I'm with you, Fitz. But I do think that there was – it just kind of – it just everybody's going to have their turn, I feel like, in the beginning. And it just so happens that – it's the same thing. I want to see ESPN, and I get that there's the SEC network, but put Alabama or somebody on ESPN Plus. You know, put one of these college game day games that's a top ten game. Put it on ESPN Plus. I, I feel like right now, I feel like K State, Oklahoma State is kind of this experiment for ESPN. It's it this absolutely. It's is. this. You find these two. You know, very loyal fan, the the fan bases, the types of people that are tuning into K State and Oklahoma State, they're watching every week. They're not casual fans. You have to go and be a destination fan to find that channel to watch that game, and that's not a bad thing. That's just that's just how the fan bases are, and they're very similar schools, uh, and and the same type of person is going to be a fan. So if ESPNs can kind of figure out, you know, how many people that live in Kansas are going to subscribe, you know, how many fans do we think are in the pool and how many people, you know, how many subscriptions per, you know, two people or three people, however many people are watching or sharing subscriptions together, then you throw in there's commercials. Quite frankly, I'm pretty sure the commercial breaks on Saturday were longer than anything they were on uh, two weeks ridiculous. ago against Stanford. There was three minute, 25 second and three minute, 10, three minute, 10 second breaks. And I think that all of the ones for Stanford were 230, 255. So they were selling more ads That's on crazy. ESPN Plus. I don't get it. But well, because you, you don't you don't have to worry about what's behind you in programming. Right. You don't have to worry about it. The games are going to last longer. But this takes me to my next point. You've built the groundwork with these K-State, you know, Oklahoma State schools and that type of stuff in the Big 12. 
you know, take it to Alabama or Ole Miss or LSU. You have bigger fan bases. You've figured out the game plan. I, I feel like that's where the future's going. It'd be nice if ESPN would say that, but I want them to do it. You know, put Alabama Auburn on ESPN plus that's going to be the biggest game on ESPN plus ever. Cause you're not only going to get actual Alabama and Auburn fans, there's enough people nationally since those are, mm-hmm. that's a nat- you know, the iron bowl is a natch, a national game, put it there, see what you can sell in not only subscriptions, but you're also selling ads. Like, it's a just, dual, it's dual revenue that I have never thought about with the streaming environment. I've never stopped to think that we could end up in a world with four or five minute commercial breaks because there's no game behind you to keep on schedule with. Oh Lord. I don't like that at all. You're right. Zach. That's good. Uh, let me add this. Um, ESPN had two network slots, ABC. I mean, it's the same thing. And who did they pick? Lo and behold, the, exactly what they've told us. They've made it very clear. All we ever cared about with the Big 12 is having Oklahoma, Texas is right. The rest of you, we don't like you. We don't care about you. We, we prefer Vanderbilt over you. That's pretty much the message. And they put them on in morning and night slots on ABC. And Fox had a slot, and they picked the highest-ranked team available. Not uncommon, guys. That's not uncommon. Iowa State, Baylor is that game. TCU and SMU are on FS1, which, as we saw from the Stanford game, probably won't get great ratings. And that just left K-State on the cold. It just did. It just happened this time, and and I get that. But, again, I don't trust them. And now I sit here and wonder, a few years ago when the Big 12 agreed to sell the block of third-tier rights to ESPN to show on ESPN Plus that it wasn't all part of a grand scheme because they always seem to be scheming. Oh, your ratings are so low. Well, yeah, because you had two network slots and you put Oklahoma and Texas in those slots. And Texas just looked like horse manure on national TV, but you still put them out there. Yeah, everyone else's ratings pale in comparison. Of course they do. I mean, if you invite me to go to Hawaii every week, I'm going to be more tan than Gilbert. I mean, that's how it works. You get the exposure, you get the viewers, you get the tan. I'm just, I'm so fed up with ESPN. But like I said, Oklahoma and Iowa State won't be on a streaming platform. They'll be on good channels. And if K-State keeps winning, they will be on networks. But not because of K-State, but because they're playing Oklahoma and Iowa State unless they continue to lose, which I think they might. From KSU number one, what is the timeline you expect Oklahoma and Texas to leave the Big 12? I think they'll be gone 23. I think that's what it's all leading to. I think the American Conference teams will be in. They'll be gone. They'll never overlap. There'll be a buyout. They'll get all three of the American teams in, BYU in. We'll have one more season of of this version. That's what I think. I think that's what it's all working towards, and I think all the parties know that's what we're going to have. We just need to figure out how to make it work. And once ESPN agrees to pay ESPN, Oklahoma and Texas slash ESPN agree to pay the Big 12, then the Big 12 will go pay off the American and make them happy and everyone I sense now, and I thought this would go on, the Big 12 wants to hold OU and Texas accountable. 
They absolutely do, and they should, and they need to get every dollar out of them they, they can. But they also don't want this to get prolonged, protracted, and impact the future of the conference. Get to your 12 teams. Get get to it. Start establishing their own ratings and, uh, you know, get ready for the next round of negotiations. It's kind of like I know nothing about this, but I'm going to use this comparison. It's kind of like you're getting a divorce and you're still living with. I, I am. You're well, not you. Have you been talking to Becky? <laughs> <laughs> you're getting a divorce. Oh, no. Well, I'm not married. So you you started, you but after you have agreed that you're getting a divorce, you've started a relationship with somebody else. I haven't done this. But you're still living with the person you're getting a divorce with. You might as well have a move out, and then you're free. I feel like, and then the then the relationship is the other relationship is free to go on. I disagree. I think OU and Texas should stay for the kids. <laughs> Because <laughs> the kids are going to get a lot more money if they stay together for just a couple more years, uh, and then once they, once it's time for the kids to go to college yeah. out on their own with you know their twelve of their best friends, you all, know, all the, I know is fine. I, I would love it if everything ended after this year. I it seriously, that's a great analogy you just ran because the divorce is already getting ugly, and I don't want to see them anymore. I don't want to cross paths with them in the living room, the kitchen, or in a football stadium. I don't want them around. And in fact, Oklahoma, best of luck. Texas, I'm going to love watching you suffer because you got a little dose of it. All right. <sighs> Last question these, from these kids. Mr. Dadman, a hold new on, hold member on. to the Mr. site. Mr. Dadman? Yeah, that's his name. Huh, I like it. Well, brand new. I hope he has brand kids. new this month. I hope he has kids. All right, Fitz, keep talking. Uh, I'm excited thinking about being free of Texas oh, in the Big 12. Oh, yeah. There's no way they regret their decision and try to stay, right? Hey, Zach, can you get in the admin and make sure I didn't sign up drunk one night as Mr. Dadman <laughs> and ask myself questions? I don't have – actually don't have access to oh, that's the membership. Right. You'll just have to hop on my computer when I'm not looking. Um, yeah, I'm just done with them. I don't want to see them anymore. I I want them to have the future that they have dreamed for themselves. Just go over there and see what happens, guys. You are not going to be the popular kids. You're going to be the new kids. You own the hallways at Big 12 High. You had the coolest car. You had the coolest girlfriend. The best-looking girlfriend. Everything was about you at Big 12 High. You're going now to the biggest high school no. in America, in the city, and nobody cares about you. You're just another person in the hallway. Well, it, I wanted you to say Texas peaked in high school. Texas, They're going to college. Texas peaked in the 60s. 70s? Man. It's high school for you, right? Oh, shush. <laughs> oh, it was the 70s. Damn it. Um. Yeah, I, I'm just done with them. Be gone. Let's get this season over with and move on. But we'll have them one more year. One more year. And God, if there's a Lord above, please, 10-pound baby Jesus. It's my favorite. That's a my, big baby. My favorite movie scene maybe of all time. <laughs> um, please let K-State beat OU in Texas. Four games here over the next two years. If they lose to Arkansas, there's a chance. And that was awful. 
was beautiful. I think they'll go independent next after oh, the SEC. Someone mentioned that going, on Twitter. I think someone did. Yep, there. And they're, because there's no exit fees in the SEC, if you want to leave, their attitudes. If you don't want to be among the cool kids, you can just leave whenever. That's kind of cool, actually. And they will. They might want to rethink that with Texas because Texas is only loyal to Texas. And when they're not the cool kids, they'll be in and out in three, four years. They will. If they get their ass handed to them over and over, they'll be gone. We're not getting our way. There's but, really no exit fee in the SEC. Mm-mm, mm-mm. So you can get up and leave mm-hmm. for next year. At least there was. Maybe they've. But yeah, that was all the talk that. You know, when Missouri went to the SEC and they were still pining over the Big Ten, they were like, well, we could go if we wanted to. Now they're like, oh, we like the money. We'll take the beatings. I don't get that at all. I, I Look, I understand money makes the world go around in college athletics and NFL, whatever you want to say. But there's not a, there's not a paycheck big enough to, if I was an AD or a president that I would accept to get my kids as ass kicked over and over in football. Just no way. I, I don't I don't get this. Well we're gonna get five, ten million more a year and we're gonna lose more games. You don't go into it thinking about that, but you need to do a proper evaluation of what the impact of your decision will be. And I don't think anyone's doing it. Oklahoma thinks they're gonna win the SEC. They're not. They're not. It's gonna be three games a year or the equivalent of playoff games. As much as I find them annoying, folks, the SEC is the best football conference in the country. But I do love the fact that UCLA beat LSU and Oregon beat Ohio State because it sends a message that other schools can play too, playoff committee. I think we're done. Are we done? Does anyone have anything else to share with us? I'm hungry. Cole's hungry. Okay. Second and goal, two minutes left. Did Southern Illinois let K-State score? Oh, they didn't let them score. Thank you. I've watch never. Highlight, everyone. Watch I've never once. Well, I guess it has happened, but I don't think that's the circumstance in which you let it happen. I just don't. Let them do it on first down. Right. You, I mean, it puts you down by nine, right? Right. Why? Why would you want to be down by S- nine? Seven. Eight. They were down seven at the touchdown. Extra point eight, eight, yeah, eight. Well, I'm so bad at math right now. Thirty-one twenty-three. So speaking of math, I mean, you, if you stop K State on second and third down, they kick a field goal on fourth. You still need a touchdown no matter what because you're down by. But four you don't need the point. two point conversion, which is huge. Which Jared is Coach probably yeah. outweighed that over the two point conversion. Which is it a one in three chance at mm-hmm. best? The defense looked like they were standing still because they got caught with their pants down on that play call. They. K-State blew up the line. Guys were just standing there because Deuce Vaughn's got the ball, and he's from, what what was it, two, three yards out? Yeah. I mean, And the defense is two, three yards in the end zone. There's not enough time for them to get off their feet to go and try making a tackle. So they were standing still. Yeah, they just looked at him because they they knew, I can't get to him. And they're probably tired, too. No use going to go get that little guy because he's going to be in the end zone. That was my crackling analysis right there the little guy that's it for the powercat questions podcast we appreciate you listening make sure you hit up the powercat podcast link on thursday for our preview of k-state in nevada which is so weird because that means i have to record it the same day that we're 
people are listening to this. We record this on Tuesday night, and it just all kind of flows together. You know, I come out of one game week, and now I'm talking about the new game. And plus, I can't find, I have to go check YouTube. Have you looked at YouTube for Nevada tape for games? I guess they no. have a contract with Stadium. Mm-hmm. The games have been on Stadium. They're not available on my YouTube TV. Sorry. Mm. Could be worse. K-State, O-State could be on Stadium. Thank you for listening to the Power Cat Podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Powercat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com. Thank you.